What up, y'all? You're listening to the Gabacho Borracho U.S. Soccer Talk Podcast with your host, Thomas Miller and Corey Adair. Your go-to podcast for gambling on soccer and hot, hot, hot U.S. men's national team takes. Take it away. Go, go, USA! Gratefully claims it. Distribution. Brilliant. Landon Donovan. There are things on here for the USA. Can they do it here? Cross. And Dempsey is denied again. And Donovan has scored. Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA! Certainly through. Oh, it's incredible. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to um, Gabacho Borracho U.S. Um, soccer Talk Podcast. Uh, my name is Thomas Miller. Um, my Twitter handle is at Don Thomas Miller. And uh, as always, uh, we have the uh, three amigos here. Um, we got DJ Corf. Um, <laughs> sorry, we got Corey <laughs> at DJ Corf 7 on Twitter. We got uh, Dan Angel at Dan Angel with two L's, 11 on twitter how you guys doing today can't complain about anything nope doing fine yeah. taking taking time away from a vacation to come chum it up with you guys yeah why don't you let everybody know where you're at since you look like you're in like what's about to be a cops episode or something <laughs> yeah no we're in we're in a town outside of colorado springs for the week got nice. done hiking at the state park today went shopping ate some food from guam nice. it was really good Awesome. No, it, was, it, was, it was a good day, but got back early, decided to relax a little bit today. Figured I'd take like at least 30 or 45 minutes out of my time. Come talk to you guys. This is a, you know, we don't, we don't get the world cup till this, till this fall or till this winter, but this has been fun, dude. This has been like five fucking days straight now, just nonstop international soccer and it ain't stopping. I know. This is fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It really has like a, a world cup type feel. And we were talking about how uh, we got FS1 doing European games uh, with their announcers and everything. I mean, everything, everything about it. it. These games, like they allegedly mean something, you know. It seems like they seem like everybody's taking it pretty serious. I know there were some comments about from Kevin De Bruyne, but like uh, I watched him today. After, he was like obviously after, yeah, after <laughs> after today, after today, it's like uh, oh well, maybe he didn't hear it first because he was let down, but yeah, that didn't last. Yeah, yeah. I, I will. I will say that for the most part, I have been avoiding League A matches because I've been a little bit worried about some of those players, um, actually making good on those comments and not playing like they cared. Um, like Francis showing was a little bit of a red flag for me. But watching the smaller countries, the League C, League B matches. Those countries really do care, and some of them know that this is their best path into um, the Euros. Like, this was how Scotland managed to get to the Euros some um, last year. So they're absolutely taking this seriously because you d- you put up a good showing in one of these smaller leagues, you don't have to worry as much um, when you go through the qualifiers for the Euros next year. And for some of these countries, that could be a huge lifeline. Yeah, absolutely. The, the lower level, like – league does it go down to league d yeah league d so it's it's 16 each in league a b and c and then seven um teams in league d which does not have a path um, to euros right and you and yeah i mean you've seen uh watching the games a ton of passion from the fans and and like i like i think uh like De Bruyne's comments specifically and and if other players have made comments i think what they're just kind of saying is that they just came off this grueling schedule. Everything is still kind of like backed up because of COVID, the COVID year uh, or two years or whatever it was. But uh, I think he was just saying that it's like, we just came off this grueling season. Now we have to play like four or five really tough games. And like, but I, I think at this point, like everybody's kind of getting into it. So mm-hmm. like it, 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 you know, like I don't think I, I have not seen anything where I'm like these this guy isn't trying you know like yeah uh, anywhere really 
Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not gonna lie. I. I mean, fetching any of the game actual game time. Been pretty difficult. It was, dude. It was impossible yesterday. I didn't get to watch anything yesterday. Uh, day before, I got to watch a little bit. Today, I got to watch a little bit. Um, but this is this is fun. Then to top it off, you get Concacaf at night, and that's never ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That. <laughs> the yeah. entertain, entertainment value. Like you're not turning it on because <laughs> you're excited to watch good quality soccer. You're turning it on <laughs> because it's chaos. It is chaos incarnate, and it is glorious. Yeah. Yeah. Like those. See Concacaf Nations League matches. It's like some of those some some of those pitch qualities. Like, I mean, would rank in the bottom half of um the Mississippi Athletic Conference. Mm. Oh, he froze. <laughs> oh, but here, I mean, this is a, just to add on to what he's saying. Like, yeah, it's like Wh- which stadium had the haunted house? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember now, <laughs> but it really looked like a haunted house that was just Bro, like it was haunted. House. It was almost straight out of fucking a movie. It was like Stranger Things. I think it was uh it was Guatemala. Who they play? French Guiana, right? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. French Turno. Yeah, <laughs> French Turno. It was like uh, and then the other ones have been on like cricket pitches and oh, stuff. Wow. I mean, it, it's just been wild. It's there was the one we were watching where, uh, we could see the the parking lot. And it was just like a, it was like a little league baseball stadium parking lot. <laughs> dude, it was like watching a baseball game at Remsen St. Mary's or Galen or something. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, like the cars are just sitting there behind us. Like you can go ahead and finish what you're saying. What I was saying was like some of these Concacaf Nations League stadiums, they look like um they'd be in the bottom half of the facilities in the Mississippi Athletic Conference in Eastern <laughs> Iowa, and yet they're playing national team soccer there. <laughs> That's exactly what it looks like. Like yeah. and even in UEFA, there's a few of them. Like Latvia's stadium, it seriously looks like they're playing in a city park. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's true. Yet somehow Faroe Islands manages to get a stadium that looks decent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I've seen a couple that I did like. I can't remember them at this moment, but yeah, I mean, one thing. Hey, hey, mm-hmm. one thing I did get to watch this this week though was the first 40 minutes of that Uruguay match and the last 15 minutes of it. And, and I, did, I did watch the Barack match. I made time for those two things. Um, what do you guys what, – what, what's your take? How do you think we looked? I think uh, Morocco was a great showing. Morocco's a good team. I, I don't think it's it, – it's nothing to, like you can just dismiss, you know, beating them three to zero, like – they had their best players out there. They had the guy who just who just signed with West Ham, by the way. Uh, center back. I mean, I mean, it's just like it, it was a really good showing. Uruguay was like really disjointed. It was kind of crazy. Uh, both games they played them back to back. Mexico versus Ecuador was after Uruguay versus the United States. They both looked really, really similar. Where it was just like you could tell it was the second game. Of a, of a friendly window kind of thing. Uruguay didn't put out their best starting 11 against us. And we still kind of didn't look great. You know, it's like, I don't know what to think <laughs> about that match. I think, I think it's just a write-off, you know, cause it's a friendly friendlies can always be great or, you know, we can just make an excuse that it's only a friendly. That's what's good about yeah. I mean, I'd certainly rather be in our shoes than Mexico's shoes after um, what they did against Uruguay versus what we did against Uruguay. I mean, would it have been nice to get um, a goal or two in that match? Sure. But playing that kind of defense against a solid, comable side like Uruguay, you can't really be upset about that. Mexico, on the other hand, that was an embarrassment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they didn't take it well. There were the Christian Pulisic comments about uh, Cincinnati not filling up the stadium. And we saw a bunch of things from uh, Mexican fans because they – where did they play? They played in Arizona, right? They did. Yeah, they at that football stadium, the American football stadium. and They filled it up <laughs> like they always do in the United States. And uh, But then they just went out there and – I mean, there's there's – any any city you go to, there's not going to be a ton of um, 
people from Uruguay uh, in the United States. It's a it's a pretty wealthy country. There's there's not a lot of immigrants that that go to other countries, you know. So I mean, it was like completely pro Mexico, but they still just got so it's basically a home game, home game, you know, and they just got absolutely worked left and right. Mm-hmm. Three to zero was a score. It could have been way worse. I think mean, you know. So. Dude, it was amazing. I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. That's why I was that last 15 minutes of the Uruguay match for us. That's why I, that got pretty intense there for a moment. Like you could tell that even though it was a friendly, they cared. They wanted, they, they did not want to lose that. Mm-hmm. They did not want to lose that game. And you know, the, the results against Mexico, you know, a few days earlier, that, that was definitely in the back of their heads. Like, hey, you know, if we could get a point out of this type of men- mindset, you know, if we don't lose, get a result. Sure shit better than three nothing. Mm-hmm. And just to like kind of bounce it back to like how successful the Nations League has been in Europe. Like, I think it's like kind of a uh, a thing that, I mean, uh, Comebol and CONCACAF really should think about combining um, at least for Nations League kind of style thing because South America, I mean, Brazil and Chile have been on a tour in in Asia. You know, they've been playing Japan and South Korea. Games are at four, four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning. Depends where you are. I mean, they don't have any meaningful games right now. And they're teams that need it, you know. I, I mean, because the only the only teams that have ever won World Cups have been from Europe and from South America. So meaningful games at this point to kind of set your squad if you're making the World Cup or whatever. It could be really important for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah and then uh i guess uh, along with all the nations league games we we have had these um these final world cup qualifiers uh mixed in we got a couple coming up on monday as well um but uh one we did see was on sunday this past week or this week i mean uh wales beat ukraine and so now wales is uh the united states first opponent on November 21st. First of all, what do you guys think of uh, Wales beating um, Ukraine? How did you see the game? I kind of, uh, just myself, like, I even bet Wales, but I, like, I kind of fell for Ukraine. I I, I mean, it, it would have been an amazing story for them to make the World Cup. Um, But Wales is a pretty good side. Well, I mean, I think, I think more than anything, this just screams the quality of Gareth Bale. I mean, he, how many times has he taken Wales and done something with them that they weren't necessarily supposed to do? You know, and, and I know he didn't get credited with the goal, which would have been an amazing betting day for me that day. You know, it, it did take a deflection, but he created it. He did, you know, yeah. and, and, yeah. and the way, I think the way that the season ended with Real Madrid, he's, <laughs> He ain't fucking around. Yeah, it's uh, I I'm I'm close to a lot of Real Madrid fans, and that's the big thing with them. They, they just can't believe that he's an example of how great he looks with the national team compared to with the club team. Usually, it's the other way around. We see guys like Messi and uh, Lewandowski, even even though he got a goal today. But I mean, where they look way better with their club team. Bale just had a, his entire tenure. At Real Madrid was forgettable, really. I mean, I, I think the first season he was there, I, he was very contributional, and it, I don't know if that's a word that I just said, but uh, in them getting, you know, that Champions League title. But I mean, since then, he, he really hasn't done anything at Real Madrid. Yeah, but well, he goes. I mean, his personality doesn't really fit Real Madrid going very well. Like, he's not the kind of person who loves all the attention. Like, he wants to be one of the guys um, and be um, an insider with the team. And he's never had – he never had that at Real, never would. And that's what he's always had at Wales. Like, he's the best player, but he fits in with on the Wales dressing room perfectly. And – with Bale, it's a lot like um, Cristiano Ronaldo with Portugal. Like wearing that shirt for his nation just seems to take him to a higher level. It's a little bit different because Ronaldo does love on the big moments, does love being the superstar, 
And for Bale, it's more of, yeah, I'm the best player that all my country's got, but I'm with a bunch of guys that I love playing with. I can just be myself and play this game for my nation. And that's what, that's what fuels Bale. And we see him at his best whenever he's wearing a Welsh shirt, which, as you said, just didn't happen at Real Madrid because it was a completely different um, situation for him emotionally. And that's a large reason why um, this World Cup is probably going to be the end of his soccer career. Yeah, that's, that's a take. I, I'm very interested to see how you know, spring turns out with him and, and to see what team he ends up playing with. You know, yeah. I think that'll speak, you know, that'll be a tell if he goes to the team that you're saying, you know, if he, the storyline that you're saying there, he's going to go to a set of specific teams, you know, and, and if yeah. he's not planning on retiring after the World Cup, he's going to go to a completely different team and we'll know. Sure, sure. But I mean, no. Yeah, if he if he goes to Cardiff City or if he makes the move to MLS, then that's a rather obvious sign that he's going to be hanging it up after on the World Cup. If he goes to a team that has some Champions League aspirations, then, okay, he's found a club that Domi thinks fits his some personality, and he's going to keep playing. So we'll see. But personally, I think that this is going to be the last that we see of him this year after the World Cup is over. Yeah, I mean, I'm, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't absolutely shock me. Um, bringing it back around, though, now we play them match day one. We do. <laughs> and one one more thing on Bale. I, I want to get um, your take on what you guys would do if you were in his shoes. Like in this situation, like assume assuming um that he is planning to retire after the World Cup bomb as as part of this, would you go to Cardiff City or would you go to an MLS side to try and do some scouting of bomb the kinds of players that you might see in that first match um, against the U.S. because Bale's never played a, nat- a um, match against a CONCACAF side in international um, soccer, so that could be a way for him to help prepare Wales. I mean, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, ki- yeah it, it definitely could kind of prepare him, and it, it just really depends. Like, um, he's probably, you know, just based on he was at Tottenham, right? Yeah. And then he went to Real Madrid. I'm sure he's set for life money-wise. Yep. If he was bad with money, that would be a different thing where he would just have to keep playing playing. And, or if he had, like, some sort of weird love for the game, like, similar to, like, Ronaldinho or whatever, where, like, he ended up at, like, uh, Nacas or no, uh, where did he end up? Querétaro and, and stuff like that. It's just, like, he doesn't seem to be like that. And, I mean, he could kind of get a feel for a CONCACAF game, I guess, if he went to um, wherever he went in the MLS. Uh, But, like, I don't know. The more I think about it, I think he does just, like, need a break. Like, he's going to get a break wherever he ends up going. If he goes to Cardiff City. (laughs) I mean, if he comes to MLS, it'll be kind of a break. If he has, like, an amazing World Cup, maybe it will – I don't know. Maybe he'll kind of change his mind, but and if he's just done with it, he's just done with it. We've seen yeah. we've seen players do that in American sports where they just they just they don't want anymore. Like Barry Sanders, an example, or whatever. And yep. So I don't know. What's your take, Corey? Yeah, I mean, after after you fall out of grace with a club like that, I mean, it. I don't know. I you'd have to really have a love for the game to keep playing, you know, trying to go to a big club and do something big. Uh, I think it, I think that Cardiff, Cardiff city thing makes a lot of sense. And I, yeah. I wouldn't blame him for that. I mean, if he's good on money, go play for your home side, just go have fun. I mean, you're going to be a world, you're going to be a rock star. You're not even asking him to really pay you. I don't, I don't blame him for that. Yeah. No. Like, me personally, if I'm in that situation, I look at MLS because of who Wales saw this is playing first. Like because they're facing us that first match, I think that's a perfect opportunity for him to do some scouting. If they weren't in the US's group, I would say go to Cardiff City. But like from my perspective, like that would seem to be a perfect opportunity for him to get a leg up on what kind of competition he's gonna be seeing in that first match because 
let's be honest, the way this group shakes out, that first match is huge for both sides. Like yeah. you get three points in that match, that takes care of a lot of the stress of getting out of this group. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, yeah I think both like, can't come away without at least one point in that match. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what you end up seeing in um, the current format that they have that where like a lot of teams are a lot of there's like the day one match or whatever is two teams that really don't they don't want to lose. So it, it like it, it almost becomes like a, a tie sort of situation. But like. um, But like, I, I don't know where I was going with that, <laughs> but uh, it, I mean, it's just like. Yeah, I mean. It seems like the the guys who come to MLS towards the end of their career, their careers, like they either just have some sort of amazing passion for the game that they don't they don't want to quit playing, but they're just like, well, I, you know, I can go get paid ten million dollars a year to to go play over in the states and kind of grow my name and my brand, or you know, it's like you know the best opportunity for them. And it just, it doesn't seem like that he's interested. He has come out and said that he's just kind of tired of club play, right? Sure. sure. But I mean, like with the way the MLS season works, um, like it works really well with the calendar for, um, for this world cup. And there are certain teams, New England being one that we talked about mm-hmm. where the schedule sets up for him that he wouldn't have to be crossing time zones all the time. He could stay in one time zone play out his matches and get a month before the world cup bomb gets going to recover and make sure he's in top form for Wales. So I don't know. It makes a lot of sense. I can certainly understand if you'd rather stay in Cardiff Um, there are good arguments for both. So it just depends. I'd love to see him at Swansea and like the championship, just getting kicked (laughs) in the shins nonstop. (laughs) yeah and and that and that's the argument against going to cardiff is the championship so just getting into it like what do you guys think i mean i don't we talked about on the show i think and i think a lot of us kind of said that wales would be kind of the preferred opponent you know i mean scotland maybe would have been the more preferred one i don't think any of us wanted to see ukraine with the war raging on for like over a year it would have been a really really tough game uh, the entire world would have been backing them. But, like, when you watch Wales and these games that they played, like, what do you guys think? Do we, I mean, do we got a shot against them? Absolutely, we've got a shot. The key to this game, don't give up any dumb free kicks um, near the box. Like, Wales, the way that they beat you is when Bale gets an opportunity. Like, he is deadly from close to the box if um, you give him a free kick. If you don't, Wales doesn't really have that many ways to hurt you. So the key to this game for the U.S. is play a strong first 15 minutes. Giving up the early goal has been a big problem for us in World Cup play. And then once we survive that first 15 minutes, just don't give up any silly fouls near the box. Yeah, I think I think there is a – I mean – I. I I don't think it's crazy to say that a 1-1 draw is completely plausible. Like that's, if they played each other two weeks from now and it was in that scenario, I would probably bet both teams to score. I, you know, I don't know who's going to win. They could easily win 2-1. Maybe we get lucky, but I feel good about both of us scoring. I feel like 1-1 is, is a totally plausible situation. I think kind of semi-piggybacking off of Dan there, it's going to come down to goalkeeping. And so far, other than Matt Turner, bad moments, which would make me nervous in that match. The other two guys are such good cross stoppers. I almost don't worry about that. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? For me, Mm -hmm. what it comes down to is like, like what kind of strategy Berhalter will have, you know, as always, I guess, but like, because the, they dominated possession today against the Netherlands. The Netherlands had to kind of sit back and do like a really skilled counterattacks. Like I think both their goals were kind of just on a break. And uh, 
we're totally capable of doing that. But at the same time, like if, if our strategy is to like, I don't know, play it out of the back and, and that we're going to like somehow take it to Wales because like we have some sort of superiority complex. I think Wales can like really, really, really hurt us bad. You know, in, in I, I don't know, like Burhalter has come a big in some big games. So, so I'm assuming that he knows that and it'll be interesting to see, like, I think they can dominate possession against us. But I mean, if we just go to like the old school United States tactic of like a really fast counterattack, I think uh, we can hurt them too. So like, yeah. you know, I think it's a, I think it's a winnable game. <laughs> it's going to be very stressful like to watch, but let's yeah. go. But I, I don't, I don't hit our chances. Like I said, like I said, as long as we get one point out of that, that sets up beautifully for the matchup against England. Like we, we just, we need to get a point. We just need to get a point. Yep. Yeah. I think it can be similar to the 2010 world cup where if we get two draws, the first two games, I we're in a great spot because like, we don't know what Iran's going to bring and I, and I'm not dismissing Iran at all, but I think it is a definite advantage to be playing what I don't know. I, like I, oh, it's okay. I don't want to downplay Iran. In this group, you'd rather play Iran last. Yeah, they're the weakest team in the group. I mean, Bora. you would, you would, except for one, one thing that could work against us, and that's Iran is going to be the team that's most used to these conditions. Right, but it is the third game, so like, it is. We should be kind of used to them, like that, and that's the hope. That's yeah. the hope, and and that is um, why I like our I like um, facing Wales first because Wales is not going to be used to these conditions um, right off the bat. Like if we're smart, like we can train in like Vegas or Phoenix um, or some area that's going to come close to simulating um, what's what it's going to be like in Qatar. Oh, Wales can't do that. Do. England can't do that either. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like. I mean, we don't see these conditions all the time, but we have places in our country where we can give a reasonably close simulation of these conditions. Iran sees these conditions all the time. So I think pretty much anyone in this group can beat anyone on any given day, but I think the schedule of all matches is about as ideal as it gets for the U.S. Oh, yeah. Also, I think, Corey, your thing about backing both teams to score – like that should honestly be just the default setting for betting the U.S. in the World Cup, because that like, I mean, looking over the results, you guys want to take a stab at um in the modern era, um so since 1990, how many times have the U.S. actually won to nil in the World Cup? Mexico won. Yeah, that's one of the. Yep, that's one. <laughs> 2006 we okay so we're only doing win to nil right yep win win to nil i mean tied one zero to zero right yeah Uh, i mean heck we don't even have to do win to nil just in the modern era how many times have we actually held the other team to zero yeah i think it's um i think Corey said the only one honestly there's three there's three (laughs) three mexico yeah. Algeria. I was going to say Algeria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was zero, zero. That's the most famous one. What an idiot. And, and Bel- Belgium, because all three goals in the Belgium match came in extra time, so that technically, for oh, betting yeah. purposes, finished nil-nil. That's right, yeah. But every other match we've played in the World Cup since 1990, we've given up at least one goal. I mean, yeah, if that trend continues, it's going to be a tough yeah. goal. <laughs> So yeah, if, like I, and I, I seriously I also, might look at betting on the U.S. and both teams to score in this one. I think a two-one win is very possible. I also, I also think the cherry on top is the fact that match day three is England and Wales. I don't think you could, especially Gareth Bale. Like that's, I mean, that's insta. Give two shits about this match for England. Like yeah. motivation factor, you know. They, that's true. 
mm-hmm. they can draw to us, but they cannot lose the whales. They they can't lose the whales. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll never yeah, know. That, we'll never know. That, exactly. that match at Euro at Euro twenty sixteen was ridiculously intense. Yeah. Yeah. It all depend- came up huge in that match. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, it's, it's hard to say because we don't know. I mean, the, what happens on the first two match days is what decides what happens on the third match day. And, but I mean, yeah, I think there's going to be a bunch of, what do you, what do you even call it? National, national pride, I guess. Right. Like, cause they're all part of the UK. Right. But uh, yep. yeah. I mean, another, another thing for Wales, they haven't been in a world cup for like, 42 years was it 64 64 64 years and that's gonna be rough man but yeah i think we can do it i think um just the rating 11 versus 11 i think like we're either a little better or 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 as good for sure you know but yeah crazy and yeah look looking it up on mgm United States and both teams to score is plus 450 for that first match shown against Wales. And what's just both I, teams to score? Both teams score is minus 110. Mm. But USA is like plus 160. USA is plus 165 to win. Wales is plus 190. Yeah. And the draw is plus 195. So worth a betting favorite. <laughs> Very. Very slim betting favorite, but a betting favorite nonetheless. <laughs> okay. I think we really need to embrace some of the things that we did against Morocco and maybe alter it a little bit. You know, I like I liked what we did with Aronson. You know, that him dropping that back. Forward. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have like a more, I mean, more talented guys, hopefully more, more talented guys available at that point too. Oh yeah. But the, the moments, what I was getting at was the moments where they would play the long ball, you know, maybe move it up Mm -hmm. into right, right. You know, a third of the way up the field and it's Raina dropping back and all of a sudden he picks his head up, looks, finds Cooley and just, you know, he's going to drop dimes. But like there's, we have guys out front and guys that are good enough deliver it that we might have some of the best long ball play we've ever seen before as a U.S. men's national team fan. I, I just, I don't know. I think we can fucking strike lightning multiple times this World Cup. I, I 100% agree, you know, and so like it, it all comes back on to our favorite guy, the guy we talk about all the time, Burhalter, because his strategy does not include long balls. I think Corey, you brought up like a pretty good point that like it seems like Matt Turner abandons the play out of the back sometimes like on his own. Was that you? I think it was you, right? Like in is yeah, like I, I said these guys turn their back on him. <laughs> I love that. I love that. It seems like Stefan's so you know, set in that man city sort of way where it's just very same same strategy as Burhalter, where it's like we're gonna play out of the back, so I'm gonna like kick it over to a, a wingback or a, a fullback and, and we're gonna start dribbling it around their own box. Like, it seems like sometimes Matt Turner's just like, nope, I got to, I just got to get it out of here. And then a lot of times it works out. I mean, that's what we're good at. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, I think Walker Zimmerman delivering that. I, I I think we showed something there that you can't ignore. You just can't ignore it. Wea, ooh, sending Wea out on a run like that. He is so good at getting there first. Bully, you know, you just get him to get a foot on it and it's an automatic goal opportunity. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, I just, I don't think you can ignore it anymore. And I think if we can get that going a little bit and start to really hone in on that ability, I think I, I, I like our chances against anybody in this group. Yeah. Maybe not to win, but to at least get some sort of result. Yeah. You know, I, I think I'm putting this in right now. USA double chance and both teams to score against Wales plus 185. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I'm I'm sending that. Perfect. <laughs> six months. Six months. Love yeah. it. I mean, it's like it's like the it's like the best futures bet possible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I I I like your chances. I'm 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 looking forward to this match in two days. Uh, you know, we we still got a couple. <laughs> we still got two more matches to go. Yeah. 
you know, and Euros is carrying on. I mean, when does it end? Or not Euros, but uh, Nations League. When when do those matches end? Um, so Nations League, let's see, I think the window um, closes on June 14th. So we got um, all this week to go. Love it. Love yeah. it. Been awesome. It's been awesome. It's fun to watch. Got soccer all day. Meaningful matches, you know, they're not just all friendlies. It's been awesome. And um, I guess I kind of segues pretty nicely into our picks of the week, or do you guys got other stuff that you want to talk about? I think I'm good. No, no, we'll go ahead and go into our picks. Um, What's up, everybody? This is Thomas Miller, and I just wanted to let you know that the Gabacho Borracho U.S. Soccer Talk podcast is sponsored by Moneyline Dice. Moneyline aims to revolutionize the sports betting market through the creation of both functional and novelty products that sports bettors of all levels will enjoy. Spotted by its golden peaks, the Moneyline logo symbolizes winning and winning big. Feature products include Moneyline Sports Betting Dice, Moneyline Sports Betting Pocket Notebook, Snapback Hat, and more. Use promo code CODA10, K-O-T-A-1-0, to receive a 10% discount on your next order. That's promo code CODA10, K-O-T-A, for 10% off your next order at MoneylineDice.com. Now let's get back to the show. All right, so... Moving on to the last segment is going to be, as always, the picks of the week. And I'll go ahead and kick it off. Um, so I got the same match. I have two players. So I'm just going to say both of them. Uh, this USA Granada game, the the books have under four and a half goals at plus 165. And that's just weird. <laughs> <laughs> just looking at it just look weird. So I'm going to play it. <laughs> You know, you're betting against five goals, basically. Yeah. Uh, and even even further, this is why I had to play both of them. That that one, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna play it. It just it's weird. But I'm also gonna take the under five and a half. It's still only minus one fifteen. <laughs> it just it's just insane to me. I'm gonna play that with. No, I believe it's the Croatia Denmark match. Both teams to score. Let me double check. Hold up one second. Yeah. Hold on one second. Okay. Janitorial crew is here. Tell them to not come in. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It it, uh, definitely was the Denmark-Croatia match. Now, the other thing, too, is every play that I make, I'm also playing is just a straight. I'm playing all these straight. I'm parlaying a couple of them together here and there. Um, but every single one of these is also getting played straight. And it's the Denmark Croatia both teams to score. When you parlay that with the under five and a half, it's plus 273. Croatia needs to score goals. I don't think they can stop Denmark from scoring at least one. So, yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Oh, and then the Denmark Croatia both teams to score by itself is even money. That's why I'm playing it straight. That makes sense. Yeah. They've both shown the ability to give up goals uh, to this point, right? Um, my first one, I'm just, I mean, I don't have these in uh, order as far as dates, but uh, I'm going to jump ahead to Monday. And uh, Monday is the day where both playoffs will be played uh, for the final two spots in the World Cup. Uh so I'm going to take Costa Rica to win to zero against uh, New Zealand. I think they're just – Costa Rica's not a great team, right? But I think they're a lot better um, than New Zealand. Uh, New Zealand is absolutely not a very, very solid side. So I think uh, one to zero, it could be. It could be something even three to zero. Uh, but, but that I don't uh, feel confident uh, um, trying to mark. So the Costa Rica win to zero is – Plus money, or it's uh, even money plus one hundred. Makes a lot of sense. All right. 
So my first one is actually going to be um, played before most people end up listening to this, but I am going to ride with Georgia against North Macedonia. I'm, let's see, looking at the odds on this. I think I'm going to um, go uh, Georgia. I think I'm going to take uh, Georgia um, to win at plus two thirty, and I'm also I'm also going to play on um, the let's see under on um, two and a half goals at minus one eighty five just to grab a win because these two teams tend to cancel each other out um, defensively. They've played three times and none of them have seen more than um, two goals scored, but. Georgia has looked really good in Nations League play so far. This is a young team that is getting better. I know from a little bit of experience from football manager just what this team can be. And, like, if they win this match, their remaining matches saw in Nations League are two home matches and a trip to Gibraltar. So there's a good chance that they get promoted if they can win this match. And if they're in that promotion place, they're going to be in the playoffs for Euro 2024 worst case scenario. So this match is absolutely huge for the Crusaders and I think they can pull it off. Right. Yeah. I mean, I like it. I like it. I love the under, the under uh, North Macedonia plays us that, that, that type of style or a lot of their games are unders and, and, you know, yeah, Georgia probably sneak a goal by or maybe two. Sounds like a really good play. And my next play, I'm piggybacking off of that a little bit, actually. I'm staying in that exact same group and league. Uh, and I'm going to do a two-leg two parlay. The other game is not in that group. so. Uh, but I'm going to take North. I'm going to go a little bit further down the road. North Macedonia against Gibraltar. I'm going to do correct score combo, one nothing, 2 nothing, 3 nothing at plus 165. I want to play that as a straight, but I'm also going to tack on the same exact play, but for Greece against Cyprus. And that's even money. And that comes out to plus 430. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's a really good payout. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I think North Macedonia only wins that. Like, Gibraltar's so bad. They're definitely not scoring. Yeah, the the trick here is Macedonia going to score. Like it's not going to be. I'm more worried about them scoring period than I am about them scoring four. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And then the Cyprus Greece thing. I don't think Cyprus is scoring. Greece might get to four nothing though. Cyprus isn't going to score. And that one I worry that maybe Greece outscores that, but I still feel good about it. No, Greece isn't that good of an attacking side. I, I think you're in good shape there. Yeah, I like it. It's a good play. Um, my next one, I'm staying um, with these playoffs. Uh, touch on Peru. I'm playing Australia. Um, I have the play I'm gonna play, and then I also have like a little, a little teaser one that I that's like kind of an interesting uh, uh, bet, just because like, like. When I try to think of Peru, like I, I just don't. I'm not super impressed by them. I mean, they're in Commonwealth and they still got to fifth. That's the qualifying spot, right? Fifth or sixth? Fifth. Fifth. Right? fifth yeah, fifth, fifth gets you into that qualifying that's, match. That's very impressive. Um, so the in in Australia, it, they're. I mean, I think. Uh, I think. Uh, I think. I played the under for sure. I think a lot of us played the under uh, with United Arab Emirates and uh, ended up going over uh, two to one. But Australia, I've, I've watched them a bunch of times where they really, really struggle to score. They just they kind of have that Ireland effect where they're just like constantly almost scoring, but they never score. So I, I think a Peru win to zero is the play I'm going to play. Um, that's plus 130. But another interesting one that I saw at the same time when I was kind of looking up um, you know, these, uh, these plays is a 90 minute tie in an under two and a half, which means it could end one to one, zero, zero, whatever. That's a plus 290. <laughs> like, uh, I'm trying to say that I have enough confidence in Peru winning, 
but at the same time, I almost want to play that tie. I don't think, I don't think this game's going over. I think, but the, I mean, the under is so it's like almost, I think it's like minus 195 or something. So, I mean, you can't really play it by itself. So that's another one to look at. It's a tie under two and a half at plus 290. Yeah, that holds a lot of value. I like it. All right. So I'm up and I am going to um, reach into that match that Corey was talking about. And that is going to be Greece um, to win to nil at minus, minus 165. So I'm, act I'm actually going to get a little more aggressive than that, um, seeing that number. I'm actually going to take Greece and under two and a half goals. So I'm scored at plus 165. And the reason is Greece's attack is not that strong, but they should be able to get one, one or two out of that. And Cyprus just is so bad on the road. I mean, they're not very good at home either, but eight of their past nine matches, so I'm away, away from home, Cyprus has um, drawn a blank. So Greece has played pretty good defense some in this some cycle. I think that they're going to get another shutout here. I might throw a small amount on a correct score play here um, of Greece 1-0 at plus 425. But, yeah, I think that plus 165 for Greece and under 2.5 holds a ton of value. I like it. All right, and for my last play, I'm, I'm doubling up. I'm under five and a half goals at minus 115. They just can't six goals. Can't score six. Can't score six. That's ridiculous. That's a ridiculous number to have is like the middle line point. I, I've, I've never seen uh, under it five is, and a half. I mean, huh? it is Grenada. <laughs> yes, but we're talking about a team that got that gave up three to El Salvador. El, yeah. El Salvador usually can't find can't find the goal without a compass. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I mean, it's not like we're known to score a shit ton of goals in a single match either. So, <laughs> yeah, we're usually we're also usually not facing a side that's as bad on defense as Grenada. I mean, you're, yeah, it, it does it does make sense given what we've done, but I'd be a little bit worried. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like it's, it's totally possible that we just blow them out of the water. Like their athleticism is, is somewhat impressive. I watched most of that. I saw the match and I just think they're, value they're like other Island teams that they're just fast as fuck and tall. And I, I just think this is one of those situations where we've talked about unders having good value. And when an under of that type of number is that type of pay it's worth, it's worth riding with. But no, I'm going to parlay that with Ireland, Scotland, both teams to score. I know, I know that this is probably going to be a rock fight, but I really think it's going to end one to one. I just really no, that makes a, that one. makes a ton of sense. So with that, I mean that's even money. That that by itself is even money. That's the last play I have. But I'm I'm going to play that under five and a half again because I just think it's such a ridiculous value at a ridiculous number. Yeah. I, I mean, I've watched Ireland play two straight games. <laughs> like, they're cursed. They cannot score, dude. Against Scotland, they, they will score. <laughs> like, they just they hit the post. They hit. They've the never post. scored a goal in Nations League. Yeah, uh, it's just. I mean, yeah. I mean, I I think it. I think yeah. I mean, them against Scotland is like, it's yeah. It's totally possible, but it, it just seems like, you know, like. They have so many close chances, but they never put it in the net. I still, I can't, I can't see why sometimes, but yeah. Hope it hit. Breaking a curse. Breaking curses. <laughs> Break the curse. Yeah. I mean, they got to score sometime. Right. I mean, they've been shut out too. They're due. They're fucking due. <laughs> yeah. Boy, is that true? 
<laughs> I'm going to dip into a uh, CONCACAF Nations League for my next one. And, um, you know, kind of at the start of this, uh, a, a lot of teams were, were looking at Guatemala to be like uh, the next El Salvador. Like who's going to be the next team to kind of make that step up. And uh, like El Salvador did this, uh, this past year and, you know, get into the uh, octagonal that they did. And um, they came out and they totally laid an egg in their first game. Um, they bounced back. They got a win against Belize. They got to travel to the Dominican Republic, um, who also beat Belize. Um, but uh, both these teams have also lost the French Guiana. So, I mean, maybe we're looking at it incorrectly. Maybe French Guiana is the team to beat. <laughs> but uh, I don't think they're a FIFA sanctioned nation anyway. So, like, um, not that that matters in Nations League. But uh, so... The Guatemala money line at the Dominican Republic is a plus one ten, so I'm going to take that. Hope ahead, I'm rooting for you. I think I just had a really funny moment. I've been looking at the bottom right of my computer screen. It keeps saying like ten twenty one, and I'm like, "There's no fucking way." And I look <laughs> oh, at my phone, man. and it's nine twenty one. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, we're good. We're good. <laughs> it's only nine thirty. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Anyway, no, I I, I like it. I like it. Hey, Concap's con- actually been pretty pretty kind to me for the most part, other than was it was it Guatemala on the road? Yeah. 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 They hurt me. They yeah. hurt me. They hurt my feelings. <laughs> yeah. That was the haunted house field though. <laughs> yes, yes. That shit looked like a fucking haunted house. <laughs> yeah. Very crazy. You know, I don't did you see it, Dan, when Thomas posted that? In the group chat, he was like, "Dude, the 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 grandstands look like a fucking haunted house." I I think I got a quick view of it. Yeah, <laughs> dude, it looked like a straight up Disney version haunted house. It was that was the weirdest fucking thing I've ever seen. Oh, oh boy, I love Concacaf. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> it it is it is pretty cool seeing seeing um some of these teams where I um representing nations that I've actually been to now. Like, yeah. at, like that cruise, like, see, like seeing Antigua and Barbuda or um, Barbados playing. It is kind of cool seeing that now. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and we've talked about it too, where, what is it? Guyana, French Guyana and Suriname mm-hmm. where they're like, the reason they're in CONCACAF is they're more culturally you know, Caribbean island. Sure. Now that I've seen them play at home, yes, that's what it reminds me of. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Trinidad is like right off the coast of South America. Right, yeah. right. Yes. But like not continental South America. No, it's yeah. not. But like it's not very far from the South, the South American mainland. No, no, not at all. But having seen, having seen the haunted house and the other, the other field where, Cars line the corners <laughs> with headlights on, watching it. <laughs> oh, love it! Fucking love it! Injected yeah. into my veins. <laughs> yeah, and it's either the grass is so tall that you can't see the players' cleats, like when or straight play, or there's just like these weird patches that the ball will just skip up like all the way to their neck. There's like a, a rolling ball going very slow. All of a sudden, just like skips up to their neck you know i mean it it, it has it's like what are, what's what's that called like it's just like it's just it's beautiful in its own way you know it's like character yeah it has character it has so much character absolutely <laughs> all right you're up dan all right so i'm gonna take the lessons learned from this past slovakia match and i am going to take kazakhstan at Belarus or at um technically neutral site against Belarus and take Kazakhstan plus 210 and if you really want to get aggressive here I think I'm going to play Kazakhstan to win to nil at plus 350 because Belarus's attack just looked pathetic against Slovakia and Belarus left a lot to be desired on the attack against um, Azerbaijan and that dumb scoreless draw. So it's difficult to see Belarus finding much of anything um, goal-wise. Kazakhstan is actually playing pretty decent. Like they 
had a solid attack going against Slovakia. So I think they'll find a goal here and I think they'll find a win and likely sad as it is to say for all my Slovaks, Kazakhstan is probably going to beat us some to promotion back to league B. So we're going to be stuck in this league for another um, two years. Joy. (laughs) I mean, I'm not laughing at, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you. I know. I know. (laughs) I mean, like, we ha- we have no playmakers. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. th- like I mean, we just we just fired our coach. We are a ship without a port right now, and yet I'm still going. I'm still going to pick um us some later in on my next play. But yeah, one good well, thing about staying in League C is that there's always going to be winnable games. You know, if if they went up to League B, I mean, it would get rough. Yeah. Now. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, but still, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd rather play the bigger countries. Yeah, absolutely. It's always funner to see those. Um, I'll go to my next play, and um, it is um uh, lower level UEFA Nations League. Uh, um, Dan kind of learned us about Andorra. That is a higher evolution, evolution, elevation. elevation. <laughs> Sorry, words are hard. Uh, um, in my pick, it's like, and I believe is what you were telling us is that, like, they can tie, but a lot of times they don't win. But I'm gonna pick them to win against uh, Lechtenstein. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's only a, a minus one twenty million line. I think it just has to do with like Andorra is like uh, very similar to El Salvador, like you said. Like they can't find the goal without a compass. Uh, um, but I think I think they will. I think they can do it against them, and um, I'm gonna tag that one on to Ukraine. Ukraine, even though they lost in the they lost missed out on the World Cup, and um, uh, you know they gotta play a game that's in Poland and Poland, right? Instead of their home country, obvious for obvious reasons. Uh, against Armenia, minus four hundred, but those two com- those two combined together is plus one twenty nine. Yeah, I like that play. And yeah, Armenia is terrible away from home. So Ukraine shouldn't really have any problems there. And yeah, I mean, Andorra beat Liechtenstein the last time that these teams faced off. So the precedent is certainly there. I don't really see I don't really see Liechtenstein doing much on offense here. So I I really like that play. Awesome. Corey, I believe uh you're up. I Skip the head. I have been out of picks for a minute now. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, but I have something cool to show. Got Thomas a gift. Wow, that's beautiful. I couldn't even tell that from the picture. I like that blue kind of checkered. That's awesome, man. Thank you. Beautiful. Come on, you irons. <laughs> there you go. All right, so for my next play, despite um, what I saw against Kazakhstan, I'm taking Slovakia to win to nil against Azerbaijan because Azerbaijan is terrible. Like it, that's so pretty much pretty much what it boils down to. Like we, like our results against Azerbaijan have usually been fairly comfortable victories. I don't think we're going to do much in terms of the attack, but I think we'll do enough. It'll probably finish um, 1-0 again. So, I mean, if I want to get aggressive, Slovakia and under 2.5 at plus 240 looks like it holds a lot of value, but I'll probably just play win to nil at plus 160. Right. I love it. Um. For, for my next one, I really don't have a ton to say about it. It's just, I, I just, uh, this we're getting in. I think this these games are like maybe Tuesday, Wednesday next week, uh, getting to the end of the UEFA Nations League. And it's just two, I'm combining two teams that I think are just way better than their opponents. Um, I, you know, I've been very, very, very impressed by the Netherlands, uh, especially today. I mean, I'm really both games that I've seen them play th- this week, just uh, 
I talked about that. Like uh, I'm thinking about making a future for them on the World Cup. They just they just seem to have something that is like very impressive, and uh, and uh, you know they could be a possible opponent if the U.S. was to finish second in Group B. So I mean, uh, just seeing the way that they play, I mean, it really makes uh, winning Group B would be you know probably the only way that we get to that fifth game and get to the quarterfinals. I don't think we have really any chance against the Netherlands. They play Poland at uh, minus 245, and I'm going to combine that with another team that's been very impressive in their league, and that's Turkey. They're on the road against um, Luxembourg, and uh, they're minus 235. It's, a, it's nothing. They're just way better. I think Turkey is way above the league that they're in right now. I think they're going to go back up to yep. the next league, and uh, those two combined together is just that even money, plus 100. I mean, let's be real. There is absolutely no excuse for Turkey to not go up in a league that includes Luxembourg, the Faroes, and Lithuania. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, that league is just trash beyond Turkey. It is. It's a, it's a wonder how they even got into that situation. I mean, it wasn't sanctions, right? It was just losing game. As far as you know. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. Turkey just got handed an absolute dream draw. Yeah. So, all right. I think my final my final play is I'm going to take the Faroe Islands um, to beat Lithuania. And Lithuania is just so poor. Like, seeing, seeing Turkey drop six on them, I think the Faroes are a little bit better than that. And... I think Lithuania having to make that trek across Europe out to um, the very far Western reaches of the continent. I can't see that going well for Lithuania. I don't think it's going to be a very good match, but I think the Pharaohs will have just enough to pull that one out at plus 140. Nice. Plus 140. Always good to be plus money, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm loving that about um, these nations league plays like, these league C matches, there's so much value available. Right. Yeah. Um, all right. So I got I got two left. I'll I'll go through them quick. Uh, I don't got a ton to say about them. Um, I, and, and this is like this is early next week as well. You know, so we're just going through. Um, the one team one team in um, in the Nations League that I've been really impressed with is Norway, with Erling Holland. Um, I believe he was injured. They they had a chance to kind of get into the World Cup playoff in November, but he was out hurt. It, it's a shame that he's going to miss the World Cup because I really think he is he's our next Messi and Ronaldo. I mean, they're both getting older. I I think he is the one. He he's going to Man City uh, allegedly. I don't think anything's been signed, but <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, I I really think he's you know, he's going to be one of the greatest all-time strikers. Uh, they're, they're only at my, minus 105, and I could have just played that alone, just paid very, very little juice. Uh, they're playing Sweden, by the way. Sorry, I didn't mention that. But I'm going to, like, um, I'm just going to knock it over the goal with a – I'm going to pair it with Malta hosting San Marino at minus 600. Those two combined together, plus 127. Another thing that I, I want to play every time Erling Holland is playing is uh, anytime goal scorer. Uh, my book doesn't have that yet, so I don't know what that number would be, but uh, I'm pretty sure that he's going to be the one to score at least one of their goals. Um, I'll play, I, I think it, it might be the final day of the Nations League, um, and it's a couple from group um, from League A. Um, Germany is hosting Italy. Uh, England is hosting Hungary from that very tough group. It's they they just been kind of been worked out and it's gonna be interesting to see who comes out of there. But uh I'm just gonna take both the home teams there, their money lines. Um, those two combined together combined together plus one twenty-two. Yeah, I like that. And yeah, I think you're absolutely right about Norway and Holland. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's been a man on a mission. He has been a man on a fucking mission the last week. 
they're they're going to be fun to watch over the next few years. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's and like, that's like, that's another reason why these Nations League matches are so important because UEFA is using that for seating for the um, qualifiers for Euro twenty four. <clears throat> yeah, I just think it's. I mean, it feel it feels like Holland is taking the role of Zlatan for like these northern European yeah. countries. You know, like he's taking that. Yeah, it's a great comparison. You know what I mean? And he's just mm-hmm. gonna run with it. Yeah. He's just he, he's reached it, dude. He he's there. He's there as long as he doesn't get complacent. He is gonna score fit tons of fucking goals every year. Yeah. Yeah, I love their Norway's baby blue jerseys, by the way. Uh their kits, I should say, since we're talking about soccer. Uh very Fuck cool looking. Shit. And then um, yeah, I mean he just like if he thinks there's a goal opportunity, it's just crazy to watch him. Like he's just like storming through like defenders have they might even know where he's going, but he just like sprints past them. And then he's way bigger than him. And he's great, man. I love watching him. Sucks yeah. that he's going to go to Man City. <laughs> that it does. <laughs> she would have went somewhere else. But I mean, whatever. So. I mean, the plus side for me is he's not there to torture Union anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I'm excited. Uh, do you have any more plays, Dan? Um, I do not. I'll I'll probably have some more um, later on in the week, but at the moment, no. Need to see how a few things shake out before I add anything more. Right on. All right. Well, this has been fun. I, you know, we were off last week. I'll, you know, be back next week. Probably have another couple weeks off here sometime in the summer. But uh, anything else you guys got, or we're going to go ahead and sign off? No, I think that's it, man. For yeah. me, I think I'm good. Um, be interesting to see what happens in these um in these two um final um qualifiers for the World Cup to complete the field. But yeah, otherwise, um, just been enjoying all this Nations League soccer. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. All right, well, with that, we'll go ahead and let you guys go, and uh, we'll see you next week. Yep. Yeah. All right.